Today's show is sponsored by Conan Doyle's Olive Oil. Condimentary, my dear Watson. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to The Technical Difficulties, I'm Tom Scott. Joining me in Matt Gray's living room today, he reads books you know, it's Chris Joel. And I'm Tom Scott. Everybody's favourite Gary Brannan, Gary Brannan. We regret to announce the 750 to Manchester has been cancelled due to an unexpected Bernard Manning on the line. And the bounciest man on the internet, Matt Gray. Vestibule. The way the show works is very simple. In front of me I have a deck of classic trivia cards, and by classic I mean they're from 1984. I'm going to read out an answer, and all you have to do is guess the question. Right answer gets your point, and a ding... And there's also a prize for particularly good answers, which is... Mystery Biscuits! Oh yeah! yeah. That gets faster each time I do it. Without further ado, your first answer is... The British Museum. What is the finest museum in the world? Where are the Elgin Marbles? Where are quite a lot of things. Well, yeah. Is that something you'd use for a Kegel exercise? (laughs) (laughs) Get it an Elgin Marble up there! I should point out the Elgin marbles are not like small little glass beads. Here. No, like they're no, big. they're they're room sized. Yeah, are they big? Um, I was going to say plastic casts. That's you moron! The right word. <laughs> no. Sculptures. There's the word, Tom. They might even be you know slabs of marble. Marble. Mm. So is it an Elgin marbles question? It's not, but it is about an artifact and Rosetta one... Stone. No, not that one. And the thing is, it's not actually accurate anymore. It's moved to the British Library. Is it a Shakespeare first folio or anything like that? If it's at the BL, it's obviously some kind of book stroke manuscript. Yes, it was in the manuscript. Magna Carta. There we go. Yeah, oh, that was a home question for me. It really was. Archivist. Yes, yes. Another... Not even like there was the only only one copy of it, by the way. It was several copies. So don't get yeah. too excited if you do find a Magna Carta in your loft. It's worthless. I'll buy it off you for mere pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Are they like mere cats? Yeah, totally. This is like you know, a this Chris genu- Joel ornithology question. It's a home <laughs> question for you, Gary. <laughs> Do you know, it's a genuine kind of artifact question along the lines of the Magna Carta that someone found a copy of the Declaration of Independence in an antique shop. Really? It was bunged in, a, in an odd, kind of an odd, oddments kind of bin. Is it old enough to be an antique? Mod, hot, regimental dinner. So do make sure you go through all your antique shops. And if you do find a copy of the Magna Carta, the Declaration of Independence, do call me. Uh, Reasonable rates below 25 quid. (laughs) We move on then to the English Channel. What's the Middle Eastern equivalent of Al Jazeera? (laughs) (laughs) You're watching the English Channel. Good evening. This is England. (laughs) 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 Jeffrey's (laughs) Walpole. Be brilliant! I'd love that. Just some ex-Indian colonels just... <laughs> in their wing-back chair, <laughs> just discussing politics. They'd guffaw. Now I think in the Houses of Parliament, and the gunboat, the gunboat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's twenty-two miles wide and keeps us safely away from France? <laughs> John Prescott. Hey. hey! That's a joke that was topical ten years ago. <laughs> was he ever Sorry. even foreign secretary? He wasn't, was he? Never no, been. no, he was He was DPM. All um, right. Matt, get your time machine. We're going to send Tom back to 1998. Stick him on, I got news for you. Bum, 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 Gary Anderson's Have I Got News For You. Actually, that'd be quite good with all the marionettes. I'd enjoy that. But what was the difference for Ian Hislop? He already is a marionette. Allegedly. Allegedly. Too early for a channel tunnel question. It is. We're looking for a translation, actually. Le Manche. There we go. Ah. What do the French call it? Does anyone know what that um, translates to? Because I... the, the sleeve. Sh- really? Yeah. The sh- 
Because <laughs> that's what it tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> smooth, shitty taste of English <laughs> Channel. <laughs> Hold up a pipe glass. <laughs> Sponsors the English Channel Politics Hour. <laughs> <laughs> so your next one, Orville. Who is often fisted by Keith Harris? <laughs> Who isn't ready for the truth? <laughs> <laughs> you can't fly. <laughs> just drop him and just see what he see. Go on. Go on, improve it. <laughs> These are really dark nights around Keith Harris's house. <laughs> <laughs> You're nothing without me, Orville! Nothing! Yes, I am! <laughs> <laughs> Cuddles stumps down the stairs after being thrown by his manservant. <laughs> Stay out of it, Cuddles! This has nothing to do with you! Did you ever hear the... I mean, I'm sure it's apocryphal. I'm almost sure it never happened. But the story about the uh, really angry theatre technicians at one of um, Keith Harris's Blackpool gigs. Do go on. The legend goes... The legend He, the, he annoyed Harris. the theatre techs so much that as Orville was meant to fly up from behind the stage and over the kids to delight during you know, the final performance of his run there... That they actually packed him with a load of stage explosives. <laughs> <laughs> and Orville takes off, flies, and the climax of some simply explodes into a cloud of feathers over screaming and crying children. <laughs> which <laughs> I love the I love the story. I'm almost certain never actually happened. Isn't that mm. some kid just getting Orville's just sat there at Orville's beak and a single <laughs> eye just lands in the lap? Its <laughs> <laughs> face contorted saying, Why? <laughs> so what was the answer? Uh, it's the first flight. First, first powered flight, 1903, Orville and Wilbur Wright. Yes, which of the Wright brothers flew their plane based uh, on the toss of a 50-cent piece? Uh, Your next one, then. Regent's Park Zoo. Where is Orville recuperating after exploding? <laughs> <laughs> Very good ventriloquist duck recovery centre there, isn't it? <laughs> and rehab centre. They did a season, it was printed by Rolf Harris. Animal rehab. <laughs> <laughs> we keep coming up with TV formats. <laughs> We're in the wrong game. It this is little scam said a little bit too much of the sauce. <laughs> now, this poor elephant is completely addicted to heroin. <laughs> which wouldn't be so bad. But being an elephant... It's a $25,000 a day habit. <laughs> and London Zoo's going to have to shut down next week if oh. we can't get him switched to methadone. Oh. <laughs> it's the thought of an elephant on, on any kind of, you know, inhaled drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, went, I went for it on body mass. Turns out there was a better joke in that. <laughs> it's the thought of it all around the end of his trunk. <laughs> <laughs> if he sneezes and intoxicates the whole of Primrose Hill. <laughs> Does a Woody Allen on it, yeah. That is a hell of a septum to deviate. Do <laughs> <laughs> elephants have septums? I don't know. I've never tasked one. In anything, any drug taking with an elephant's impressive. Imagine the size of the bong. <laughs> a fraction tower for <laughs> you know when they say the elephant's actually about the size of a double decker bus it turns out the double decker bus is actually just the bong yeah. that's, that's what the new route master's for suddenly there's a use for the BT tower it's a gigantic elephant pass <laughs> <laughs> it around that's a good elephant impression I didn't dub that in later sorry, no, that's actually Gary's elephant impression um, we're looking for a famous inhabitant of Regent's Park Zoo <sighs> is it a monkey? Well, it's an ape. The one off the advert. Boris Johnson. Guy the Gorilla. Of course, Guy the Gorilla. Oh, we all knew that. Never heard of him. Graham the Gorilla, I'd heard of, but not Guy. <laughs> What's his surname? The Gorilla. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Guy T. Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Richard E. Grunt? Is Richard yeah. E. Grunt an elephant? <laughs> what? 
Your middle initial doesn't end with what animal you actually are. It's not Richard Elephant Grant. Oh, I'm a porcupine. That's brilliant. An elephant Grant is that the kind of thing that governments are giving out now? Yeah, to get elephants off heroin and onto methadone. I'm sorry, of methadone backs in. <laughs> we have granted you uh, an elephant here. We're terribly sorry. It's, <laughs> it's a paperwork mix-up. <laughs> Don't care, mate. It's your problem now. I only do the delivery. <laughs> <laughs> your next one, then. The shrew. What animal is easiest to tame? Oh, Shakespeare. Sir. Good one. Nice. Not easiest to tame. Hardest to taser. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a tough shot. That's technically correct. <laughs> easiest to throw a long distance. <laughs> also technically correct. What's the reason for both of those? Tough shot, easy oh, to throw. Oh, smallest, uh, smallest indigenous UK mammal or something. Smallest mammal. Absolutely right. Is the shrew. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. The tasering of the shrew. <laughs> oh, no. I couldn't possibly date you. I'll never come back. <laughs> I just had a Shakespeare play about actually tasering an actual shrew. <laughs> Imagine how many shots you'd have to take. It's bloody small. And you need both prongs to hit. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, otherwise it'll just a... round, mm. won't it? Sorry, Saturday night entertainment format. Tasering a shrew. The shrew <laughs> is, of course, someone from Hollyoaks. Facts, dressed a, up. Yeah, in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing sort of mounted cannons with taser guns. Does that mean it's a cannon on a horse? Well, they did used to put cannons on elephants. Really? Yes. Were they dosed up elephants? Well, I don't think they really asked the elephant if it was all right to strap the cannon to it. I think they just made sure the weight roughly worked out and then went for it. Excuse me, elephant, do you want me to put a cannon on you? Well, you seem to be saying no, but f*** it. Did they deal with the recoil there, or did they take the cannon off before firing it? Cause... I think they fired off the elephant. I don't know, like in Dumbo. You know, I think you just stick a lot of peanuts up the elephant's trunk and it acts as a machine gun as well. But... So did the elephants fire the cannons? You don't give the elephant the chance to work out when it fires the cannon. Weaponized elephant. <laughs> Now then, Jumbo, you decide where you want to fire. You could fight the enemy or this huge boom. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, he's hit the big storage depot of peanuts and sticky buns. <laughs> there was a, a patent in Victorian times for a pith helmet with a cannon mounted on it. Awesome. I want one of those. <laughs> now, Whiplash. <laughs> mis- mis- yeah, mystery biscuits for anyone who can point out the two problems with that. Well, when it will break your neck, the other the heat will set it on fire. Uh, yeah, well, that's one I hadn't thought of. The, the third one there is, turns out cannons, quite heavy. <laughs> I, I was assuming it was quite a small cannon. I it was. Think... It's still got to be an iron cannon parked on someone's head. And also the number of people required to load, prime and fire <laughs> said cannon yes. afterwards yeah. and douse it with water to cool it down. <laughs> So effectively, you'd have a lone explorer walking through the jungle with a support team of five. Oh, no, this was military. This was meant to be military. You'd have an All entire right, regiment with... An entire... <laughs> <laughs> they would look like such dickheads, quite literally. <laughs> they'd, all, they'd fire it, and they'd all snap their necks and just fall down. Yeah, that was, that was the problem. Uh, but yes, um... Mystery Biscuits! Oh, yeah. For you, for, for correctly uh, identifying those. Your next one, then, is Robert Shaw. Who was found... At the beach. Who's the most decisive of Roberts? Who was the most deodorised of the Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> is that, just to, just check, is that Robert Shaw, two words, or Robert Shaw as one word? Uh, Robert Shaw, two words, S-H-A-W. And we're looking for two of his film roles. Man 1 and Soldier in Gigantic Cannon Pith Helmet 3. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking for two of his more famous film roles. <laughs> uh, well, we're all film experts. <laughs> Uh, no, A Man for All Seasons and Jaws were the two things he uh, was famous That's for starring in. quite a broad range he's got there, <laughs> yeah. from Thomas More to Man-Eating Shark. <laughs> I don't think he played the shark. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm Jaws. No, no, I mean, I don't think he played the shark like a guitar, you know. <laughs> <laughs> could you do that? I can imagine the teeth. Well, it's got gills, you know. You yeah. can yeah. pressure. <laughs> it's a very well-spoken shark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to eat you now. I say, you are going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> and now in the English channel. <laughs> <laughs> this is well-spoken shark. <laughs> I do find it frightfully trying eating all these swimmers, but they are so, so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> terrible things, my way. If you had a British man eating shark, it'd apologise after every time it bit you, wouldn't it? <laughs> terribly sorry. Sorry. Terribly sorry. <laughs> no, I really shouldn't, but <laughs> I thought I'd get this cake instead because my wrist is not going to be nice. I can't have too much. I'll, I'll ruin my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a saga bus coming on Wednesday. <laughs> I need to fast. There's one of those cross-channel swimmers. They're devilishly hard to catch, but you see, they're already covered in goose fat so they are very nicely tasting your next one then is an appalling question yay I like them they're always funny the ape what's the funniest animal on drugs other than an elephant (laughs) (laughs) what did I scream before running away the The ape ape! (laughs) and so your cover was blown I'll say this is an appalling question which of the monkeyish things are the apiest Oh, <laughs> you know what? That's actually about as close as anyone is going to get. So I'm going <laughs> to give you the point. What mammal ranks after man on the evolutionary scale? Can we not get that question ever asked by Jonathan Ross? <laughs> <laughs> What's an evolutionary scale? I would say not to person, basically. Isn't it? Rabbit, ape, <laughs> human. <laughs> Your next one then The Great Fire of London. The Great Fire of London. It's the tops, says Fire of London magazine. (laughs) The three-disc box set, The Great Great Fire Fire of London. London. Free charcoal with every (laughs) issue. It's going to be something on the lines of either what started in Pudding Lane or what does the monument at Monument represent? It's actually, and someone clearly had fun writing this question, what was the hottest event of 1666? <laughs> 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 oh, f***ing <laughs> rolling around the as the Trivial Pursuit Office. He went round one by one. You'd imagine with his pipe, can't you, on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> I say, I say, what was the... Uh, Hottest event of 1666, I wonder. The Great Fire of London. Put it on a card and slip it in. They'll never notice. (laughs) Your last one, then, is squash. What happens when I sit on an orange? (laughs) Regular pastime of yours? Why not? What else? It can be now. It can be now. The ancient British tradition of orange sitting. Every May the 1st, they dance around the Maypole ceremoniously. The matron of the village sits on an orange. Sorry, at what point does that sound like an outlandish thing that might happen in this weirdly ritual-obsessed country? Um, Oh, and then, you know, they're going to put bells on and whack sticks together. (laughs) Yeah, fair (laughs) point. It's going to come around with a blown-up pig's bladder and whack you around the head with it. I'm sorry, the orange sitting sounds perfectly f***ing normal. Hang on, what's the pig's bladder? (laughs) Morris dancing, you have an inflated pig's bladder, and they go, it's the food goes around mm-hmm. whacking people on the yeah. head with it yeah really it's not full of piss or out it's been cleaned <laughs> <laughs> sorry i didn't wash this one <laughs> oh, no. we're not looking for uh, anything orangey uh, a ball you would play with a rack uh, a good ball you would play a game <laughs> you would play <laughs> no, no, no. strange enough you're closer with the messed up version of that sentence with a, a, a squash ball yeah do you know why you've got the name squash because the ball's quite rubbery and... Yeah, I'll give you the point for yeah. that. What racket sport derives its name from the resilience of its ball? <laughs> you ever played squash? Mm. Instead of squash, I would say, is the the archetypal 80s sport. 
Yeah, it's a yuppie game, isn't it? When I think of squats, I think of kind of quite overweight, beardy men, sweating cobs. What are you trying to say? I used to play squash. (laughs) (laughs) You know why it's uh, it's a yuppie sport? Because it's not one you can play in your garden. You've True. got to play it in a mm. court that you've got uh, to rent. Yeah. You can put a tennis net up in your garden. Yeah. Any beach holiday, you can put up a two-quid net from the store. You can't do that with squash. True. You, you do need, like say, you need the court. It's got the markings on as well, hasn't it? Yeah. It is also one of the hardest and most painful games you'll ever play. Really? Yeah. You've been hit by squash ball. No, I've never played squash. <laughs> just, just the amount you have to run around, short yeah. sprints. It's yeah. Once the ball warms up, it's, yeah, it's all a great over, game. Basically. And also, it, it's a very, even though it's squashes, it's a bloody hard little mm-hmm. bit of rubber. And if that yeah. hits you, you know about it. I took a squash shot directly to my eye socket. Oh! Oof. Went straight over. Because I've been sweating, first thing I feel is this warm liquid dripping down my face. <laughs> Oh dear! Was it? No. Oh, <laughs> got a cracking black eye though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a really hard game to play. And that's that's why lots of people actually have died playing it because the exertion. It yeah, takes. It's more yeah, probably a lot of heart attacks. Gonna go over a game of squash on the English Channel. <laughs> heart attack executive squash. <laughs> we don't play for points. First guy to die loses. <laughs> On that note, then, I think it is time to end the show. Congratulations, Gary. Uh, you win this one, although you nearly got sympathy points for the black eye there, Chris. So. Oh, great. <laughs> well done. Congratulations, Gary. You win a free trip to Lord's Cricket Ground, uh, the only cricket ground that's also a sacred Catholic shrine. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> Do you enjoy that? Uh, with that, thank you very much to Chris Joel. Hi. Gary Brannan. Ho. And Matt Gray. Hi, ho. I've been Tom Scott. We'll see you next time. There was also um, a pith helmet with a water brim, like a little raised brim. A moat. <laughs> that, would, that would steadily collect water in a little tank. And then you'd have this little pipe at the, bo- uh, the bottom that would go down and you could drink the rainwater. Cool. Until a bird shat on you. Yes. Turns out if you're running through the tropics, keeping a store of unrefrigerated rainwater that anything can fall into is not a good thing to drink. Also, all the monkeys would start pissing in it for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you got all these poisonous frogs having Wait a bath. Wait a minute. Are we discussing some sort of urine-filled helmet? <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Evan! <laughs>